Texas Governor Rick Perry's order that girls entering the sixth grade receive a vaccine for a sexually transmitted disease is raising the ire of some Texas parents and legislators. Why did the governor do it? And is radical Islam an antichrist system bent on world domination? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. Rock. Someday when the team's up against it, the brakes are beating the boys. Ask them to go in there with all they've got. Win just one for the kipper. Ronald Reagan, uh, actor, president of the Screen Actors Guild, fought communism even as an actor. Today is his 96th birthday. He was also governor of California and then president of the United States, a man with a sunny disposition but a will of steel. And, of course, Reagan fought communism, uh, but there's another ism out there. And as the Senate debates, uh, we really have to remember that we are in a war against Islamofascism. We're going to talk about Islam later in the program. We're going to talk with the author of a book called Islam Rising, the Never-Ending Jihad Against Christianity, is Islam, a, an, an Antichrist movement. But first, there's a story that we want to continue discussing today uh, because there was so much response and more developments on uh, the uh, story of Governor Rick Perry, who has mandated by executive order in the state of Texas that 11- and 12-year-olds, uh, middle school girls, receive a vaccine for a sexually uh, transmitted disease. AP correspondent Liz Austin Peterson reports, Texas girls will be required to get the new HPV vaccine. It's called Gardasil. The governor signed an order making Texas the first state to require that schoolgirls be vaccinated against the STD that causes cervical cancer before they enter sixth grade. Now, the vaccine works against certain strains of uh, the human papillomavirus, which is responsible for 70% of cervical cancers. AP correspondent Liz Austin-Peterson again uh, reporting that Governor Rick Perry sees this vaccine as very important. He has said that he sees this vaccine as similar to the polio vaccine as a public health concern. Again, this will be given to 11 to 12-year-olds. It will be mandated uh, for middle school kids. Now, parents can say no to the vaccine, according to Peterson. Texas allows parents to get out of any vaccine if they file an affidavit saying they have religious or philosophical objections. 
Peterson reports that drug maker Merck and company is pushing for the use of its vaccine in girls not only in Texas but across the country. It has funneled money through a bipartisan organization called Women in Government, which also has strongly advocated mandates. Many women in government members have filed similar legislation in their own states, and at least 18 states are considering mandates at this time. Now, the Republican Party of Texas has actually come out against this. The legislature never got to vote on it. Uh, Last Friday, Governor Perry actually issued this order, and we want to get to the bottom of it. We have a very special guest with us on the line. He is uh, Texas State Representative Charlie Howard uh, from Houston, uh, and Representative Howard is uh, one of the conservative members uh, of the House. He's really been in a battle for the family since he was elected to that position in 1994. He received uh, one of the top, uh, he received the award actually from the Christian Coalition as one of the top conservative, top 10 conservative legislators. Uh, Concerned Women for America gave him the Family First Award and several other conservative awards. And Representative Howard, thanks so much for being with me. I'm glad to be here, Penna, and uh, it's a great day uh, down here in Austin. The sun is shining, and uh, looking forward to talking to the audience about this uh, mandate. Well, I'm going to be down in Austin next Monday night and Tuesday morning for a lobby day and a dinner and uh, hoping that you'll be there, uh, Representative Howard. But I want to talk about this issue because I think it's kind of hit us uh, broadside. The legislature was set to look at this. Uh, were you were you blindsided by it? We were all blindsided by it, uh, Pena, because bills had already been filed in both the House and the Senate to do this exact same thing. And under the normal course of business, we would have taken up this bill. It would have had testimony. Uh, we would have had debate. And if the bill passed, it would have been signed by, uh, signed by the governor, and it could be effective as early as June of this year. Uh, the governor has said it's an emergency and that, therefore, he has signed a mandate, but his mandate only requires that it occur by September of 2008. So there seems a little bit of a discrepancy there. Also, I think it's very interesting that uh, uh, in a September the 28th, 2006, uh, Jennifer King with the Daily Texan interviewed uh, Governor Perry, and uh, this is a quote, Governor uh, Rick Perry believes parents need to have the authority to decide if their minor daughter receives a vaccination for cervical cancer. That was in September of 2006. Hmm. Here we are in uh, February, and the governor has decided, uh, mandated, not decided, mandated that this is uh, going to be the case. But as I stated, the legislature already had the bills filed. They were scheduled to be heard. This circumvents the legislative process. It sure does. It also circumvents parents and their ability to direct the medical care of their children. It comes in between the parents, the children, and their own physicians. Uh, this this vaccine, the, bi- the biggest problem with this vaccine is it's unproven. First of all, the HPV vaccine that they're recommending, it only affects four 
out of the 30 strains of the HPV virus. Can I jump in for a minute, Representative Howard, because, you know, you've mentioned parental rights, and I think that is so important here. Uh, My guest, again, is Representative Charlie Howard. He is a Texas state representative from Houston. But, you know, parents do have the right to make health decisions for their kids. And in a sense, um, you know, they say, well, you can opt out of this. Well, let's talk about okay. that opt-out provision, because I think that's really important. Let's talk about the opt-out process. Let's say you want to opt your daughter out of this program. What you have to do is you have to request a form. You have to get on the Internet, request a form, wait a couple of weeks, they'll send you a form. Then you fill out a form with a lot of private information. Then that form has to be notarized, and then it has to be sent in. Okay, well, that's bad enough, first of all, that you're having to provide private information and you have to have in signatures, notarized, et cetera. But then you say, well, that should take care of it. Well, does it? No. What that does, it only that, that uh, opt-out provision is only effective for two years. So that means two years later, let's say your daughter's nine, then she has to do it again at 11, and then at 13, and then at 15, and then at 17. Meanwhile, these girls aren't even thinking about sex at age 11, 12. Most girls, I mean, maybe there are you know a few exceptions that are sexually active, but to give a vaccination for well, a disease that can only be obtained by sexual contact, right. uh, to me, is it just sends the wrong message. Well, it, it, that's exactly what it does. What we have been trying to do, what conservatives have been trying to do in the state legislature, is emphasize abstinence. We've been trying to get that into the education program, and we've, and we've been fairly successful in this. I think this undermines what we've been trying to do down here for the last 10 years while I've been here. So, the, But let's look at the vaccine itself. It, it was only tested for a five-year period. And as I said, it only affects four strains of the HPV virus. We have no idea what the long-term consequences are. How is this going to affect a, a young lady's reproductive system? We don't know the answer wow. to that. Could this, vac- this vaccine, could it even cause cer- cervical cancer down the line? We don't know that. So it, it, it's very disturbing that uh, we've got a situation like this, that this is being mandated by our governor. But let me say this, Penna. I have some serious doubts about uh, the validity of an executive order. We have some attorneys who have said uh, it's, uh, it can be invalidated. We're trying to get some uh, information uh, on that from the attorney general at this point in time. But we, we are, uh, like I said, we're just flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. That this is I can tell. There, there have already been, this. first of all, this, this uh, drug was only uh, approved in June of last year. And already, just in the last, was that, seven, eight months, there have been 82 cases of negative effects from the, from the drug uh, by really? infectious diseases. Representative so, Howard, you know, I know that Michigan voted on this, for instance. Other state legislatures are voting. Michigan voted it down. Uh, Texas may very well have voted it down. Texas legislators may have said, yes, it's okay, or put some kind of restrictions on it. But the question I have for you is, even if it's within the authority of Governor Perry to do this, 
Um, you know, he's normally been pretty much a defender of the rights of parents. Do you have any, because we've heard that, you know, it may have been donations from, from Merck, the company that produces it, that made this happen. He had a former chief of staff, Mr. Toomey, who works for Merck now and is a lobbyist. Do you think those uh, facts play into this? Well, Penn, I, I really don't want to focus on that aspect because that would only be conjecture, and, and I don't I don't know about those sort of things. What I want to uh, emphasize is the facts as we know them. Uh, let me say this on, on, on the issue that you uh, mentioned earlier. In that same interview with the Daily Texan, Perry is stated as saying, I'm a strong pro-life proponent and have concerns about making available medication that could increase the number of abortions performed in Texas. Wow. Now, if you say to a young girl, here we're going to give you a shot, and that's going to prevent when you have sex, you're getting cervical cancer. Well, first of all, that would be a lie, because it only affects four strains. That means the other 26 strains could still give you cancer, right? Plus you could get pregnant. Plus, you could get pregnant. Plus, you could get HIV. Um, uh, plus, you could get Well, that'll be the next herpes. vaccine. There's a, a hundred other uh, sexually transmitted diseases that this vaccine does nothing for. Another factor that we haven't even talked about, because I don't think it's the most important thing here, because I think the most important thing is the health of our children. But the cost of this vaccine, this is not a cheap vaccine. It's $360 for a series of the three shots which you have to have supposedly for it to be effective. I have only talked to one person who volunteered to have this, their child given this drug, and they went to their private physician, and it cost them $565 wow. for the three-series shots. Well, you know, if so a parent wants their child to get it, why not just leave it up to the parent? Well, that's the whole thing. Why do we have this opt-out? Why do we not have an opt-in? Mm -hmm. If people believe it is so far uh, so strong, I think another thing that's very important, when you read the disclaimer printed on the manufacturer's package themselves, as you're well aware, most drugs, they have a disclaimer uh, inside. Uh, On this particular one, it says the vaccine has not been tested for its own ability to cause cancer. Hmm. I think that's very interesting. It also says the effect on a woman's reproductive capacity is unknown. Is that a red flag to you? I think so. Look, uh, Representative Charlie Howard has been my guest this segment. I really appreciate the information. And I want to ask you one more question, uh, and that is, what do people who are concerned about this do at this point? Is there anything that can be done to reverse this? Yes, I think there can. I think they need to write their state representatives and their state senators, and then they need to write, uh, and I say write, do not email, uh, write a letter to the governor and tell him of their displeasure and encourage there. I have already filed a bill that will negate this. I don't know how effective it will be. I'm also filing a resolution to do the same thing. So I would encourage them to uh, write and uh, email their their state representatives and uh, senators to support efforts to uh, debunk this mandate. Okay, great. Representative uh, Charlie Howard, we got to go. Thank great. you so much for being with me. After the break, I'm going to give you addresses and phone numbers, and uh, we'll take your calls on this issue. What do you think about this vaccine? Do you think that uh, we ought to try to get this order reversed, or do you think it's a good idea for the prevention of cancer? 1-800-881-9270. Give us a call. Like any skill, the more information you have and the more great people you can learn from, all the better. 
The Criswell College in Dallas wants to help you as a church pastor. Tuesday, February 13th, attend a focused day of instruction and preaching sponsored by the Jerry Vines Institute of Biblical Preaching featuring Dr. Herschel York. Attending will hone your skill and bring you to the next level. Learn from Dr. David Allen, director of the Center of Expository Preaching at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Dr. Allen's credits include being a Criswell graduate and founding director of the Jerry Vines Institute of Biblical Preaching at the Criswell College. Criswell College President Dr. Jerry Johnson will also speak. Registration through February 6th is $35, $45 afterwards, $20 for students. The Griswold College has more information at 800-899-0012, 800-899-0012. Your preaching of the Word is a calling from the Lord. Join us February 13th at the Criswell College in Dallas. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. The economic ills we suffer have come upon us over several decades. They will not go away in days, weeks, or months, but they will go away. They will go away because we, as Americans, have the capacity now, as we've had in the past, to do whatever needs to be done to preserve this last and greatest bastion of freedom. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And that is uh, former President Ronald Reagan in his first inaugural address, January 20th, 1981. He spoke of the nation's ills, also government's role in solving our problems. He ended with government is the problem. And I think in the case that uh, we are discussing today, government is the problem. Uh, We are asking you the question, do you agree with Governor Rick Perry? Should it be mandated that an anti-human papillomavirus, a sexually transmitted disease vaccine, be given to sixth graders in the state of Texas. And we're taking your calls at 800-881-9270. And let me just give a little bit of context here. Cervical cancer is second among cancers as a killer of women. Human papillomavirus can cause cervical cancer. It is spread through sexual contact, and it has exploded as a result of the sexual revolution. Now, this virus can occur in monogamous relationships if one of the partners has had previous sexual contact with someone else. So, uh, when you're looking at uh, a young lady planning on getting married, uh, she may be a virgin, but she's not positive about the past of the person she's marrying. That may be the time to get this vaccine. Uh, If young people are sexually active, they should have this vaccine. But to mandate sixth graders, 11 and 12 year olds, to get a vaccine that is uh, unproven with regard to its safety over the long term. As they go into middle school, uh, most of them not even thinking about having sex right now. Is this a good idea? Does it send the wrong message? Does the fact that the state mandates this undermine parental rights? Or do you think this is a good idea just in case to prevent cervical cancer. We are taking your calls, 800-881-9270. Representative Charlie Howard was with us in the last segment, and he is very concerned about this order. Uh, He says that it would be a good idea to contact the governor, let him know what you think about this, and here's how to do it. Uh, The representative said that the best way is in writing. uh, to So write the governor at the office of the governor, post office box 12428. Austin, Texas, 78711. 
Office of the Governor, P.O. Box 12428, Austin, Texas, 78711. And uh, that's a good way to, uh, to get in touch with him. You can also get in touch with your state representative by going to www.state.texas.us. www.house.state.texas.us. One more time, www.house.state.texas.us, and you can look up your representative. We are taking your calls, and let's go first to uh, Bob and Terrell. Hi, Bob. Hi, Penny. Hear me out, because I like to start my uh, point out like I do in, did in speech in college. Okay. If uh, Rick Perry wants to play daddy to all the girls in Texas, he can pay the doctor bills. Also, the best thing he could do is to uh, say... All schools are going to be teaching abstinence to 11-year-old children. That's boys and girls. Then we won't have, we'll be teaching them how to have safe sex, and then also we'll be teaching them that the best way to do is to wait until they're married. And then... Um, you know, let me just jump in there, Bob, because there's been a long battle in the state of Texas about abstinence education, and the pro-abstinence side, for the most part, has won the battle because abstinence is supposed to be taught in our textbooks and in our sex ed curriculums as the only way to prevent sexually transmitted disease and pregnancy. That's a great, strong message, so this, in my mind, would undermine that. Go ahead. And, and also, then... They have to take a task test to get out of to get out of school. If they don't pass the test about abstinence, they don't get out of high school or they don't get out of uh, grade school. Then they take the course again. If they don't pass, they don't get passed. Okay, thanks, Bob. Uh, th- those are your thoughts. Uh, it's a good idea. It's a thought. Uh, and uh, let's go now. We are taking your calls on this issue at 800-881-9270. Let's go to Louisville and talk to Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi. I have to say, uh, uh, thank you, Reverend Representative Howard. On. He pointed out something especially true, that, that only four strains out of any number uh, are prevented by this. So um, several problems here. One is the governor who ran on a platform a promise that this wasn't what he was going to do, now turns around, stabs all the voters in the back, and does exactly what he said he wouldn't do in order to get their votes. Maybe it's time for someone a true conservative, to talk about impeaching this fool. Secondly, <clears throat> socialized medicine, another step in the, right, in the wrong direction with him um, saying the state of Texas, not uh, the people who want this thing, will have to pay for it, uh, a particular company's particular drug, for a disease which is, uh, of course, this is exactly equivalent to say, now we trust you kids to be abstinent, we're going to train you to be abstinent, but here's a condom in case you don't. Right. It's the mixed um, message. This is exactly the same message he's sending. Stabs the conservative movement right in the back, and the legislature should do something. Defund this. By the way, sending him a letter, Penna, is not going to do a, a bit of good. This clown has already calculated this out just the same way that the Senate did when they gave away the Panama Canal. The mail was running 99% against that. They knew that they were going to lose their jobs, and every single senator that voted for that, that was up for election the next time around, did lose. But they knew that was going to happen because of the, they'd already made the calculation when they decided. So this guy's done the same thing. It's just a waste of your time. 
we've got to figure another way. To it stop. might be more productive to contact uh, your state senators and state representatives. Here's how to get to your state uh, representatives again: www.house.state.texas. I'm sorry, www.house.state.tx.us. And uh, that will help you to find your senator and representative, uh, and then you can uh, get their address there. And letters seem to be the best. Uh, There's something they can put their hands on and use in floor debate. Uh, so we are, this was recommended by uh, State Representative Charlie Howard. Let's go now to Gina in Cleburne. Hi, Gina. Thanks for calling. Hi. Um, I'm calling in because I have a fifth grade and sixth grade daughters, and um, and my husband and I have um, started early discussing marriage and what that means. And of course, you know, when they're young, they start asking questions about the difference between boys and girls. And um, so we've always taught abstinence and God's plan for marriage and purity. And um, for their twelfth birthdays, we plan on giving them purity rings so they understand the importance of what that is and um, and how um, they need to stay pure because of God's plan for their lives. And Maybe you could give them the ring on the same day they go to the doctor to get their first shot. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, but the thing is, is, is I think that, that that really, like a lot of people are saying, undermines, undermines what we have been teaching our daughters their whole lives since they've started asking questions about mm-hmm. boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, it really messes that up for them. Um, and, then, and then, of course, you know, we have to explain other people's sexual exploits, <laughs> why they need this thing. When I'm, I don't want them to know that yet. I mean, it's, I, I don't feel like they should understand what sleeping around is yet. At 11 for, years old. At a, yes, at 11 or, or even 12. I just, I'm not ready for, or I don't think they're ready for that just yet. Um, Gina, thank you. This is a concerned parent. And you know, I think what happens here in America uh, at this point is that we often go for the quick fix for different issues. And uh, for some parents, it's a lot easier to give your daughter a vaccine for a sexually transmitted disease than to do exactly what Gina in Cleburne, Texas did with her two daughters. And that is use the teachable moments from the time they're little to talk about uh, sex at an age appropriate uh, level to get them to the point where they understand the need to remain pure and to honor their body as uh, the scriptures say to do. And, you know, this is a lifelong teachable moment. Now, you know, when you get to the point where uh, you're making decisions about your own sexual life, part of that decision may be to get a vaccination if you think you're going to need it. But to give it to 11 and 12 year olds, I just think bows to the sexual revolution and to really the worldly ideas of uh, anything goes kind of sex and then take care of the consequences with uh, the medical community and the healthcare community. Let's take one more call. Uh, Maria is in Irving. Thank you, Maria, for calling. Thank you. I have three daughters. I have a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 9-year-old. And what concerns me about this is that the government and the schools are, are already so involved in what I teach my girls and how I teach my girls. And now we have this where I just really think it's too much control. I, I teach my girls, you know, based on the Bible, this is what God, you know, wants from you. And, you know, and just me, it's just under my, I mean, right now they're trying and 
they take so many rights away from the parents already. They sneak in things that we don't even know about, you know, and this is just another way for them to take control of, you know, what's taught in the school and how things are being done in the school. So I'm really against it. You know, it, it does. I mean, this is not, it's like another way to say, you know, girls, I'm teaching you this, but you've got to do this because the government says you have to, even mm-hmm. though God says not to, and you plan not to. Okay. Maria, thank you so much uh, for your thoughts. Uh, and we are taking your calls. We'll take a couple more after the break on this issue. Uh, Sarah in Dallas is first up, and we'll take that call uh, right after the break. Uh, also, Senate Republicans yesterday blocked a resolution that would have condemned President Bush's plans to send more troops to Iraq. Uh, why do we need these troops? It's to fight radical Islamofascism over there, so it won't come over here. We're going to talk about it with Jim Merck, author of Islam Rising, right after this. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. If you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, Come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. (laughs) Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. President Ronald Reagan, in his 1987 June 12th speech at the Brandenburg Gate of the Berlin Wall, there he was demanding Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev tear down this wall. It's the 96th birthday of Ronald Reagan today. He took a principled stand against communism. Of course, communism is still alive and well in places like China and Venezuela, but we have another ism that we're battling, Islamofascism, and we're going to talk about that with the author of Islam Rising, Jim Merck, but I first want to take another call with regard to the HPV vaccine issue. Sarah is on the line. Uh, Sarah, thanks for calling. Sarah's in Dallas. Hi, Penna. Thank you for so much for taking my call. I know you're on a different topic, but I just wanted to give a little twist to this vaccine issue. Um, I have three kids. I have two daughters. They're 13 and 9 and a son who's 2. And I pray every day that they, you know, stay abstinent until they're married and, you know, treats them the way that God intended sex to be. Um, but also the way I see this vaccine as not just, I don't see it as, okay, this is promoting sex before marriage. I see it as, okay, maybe this is a chance to stop an epidemic of cervical cancer. My brother had testicular cancer. My sister is HPV positive. And to me, it's like, okay, we got to stop this crisis. And if this is the way to do it, I don't want to see my girls dying of cervical cancer. But how do you stop a crisis uh, with something that doesn't kill all the HPV viruses? So it gives this sort of false sense of security Uh, If your girls were to choose to be promiscuous, there would be a false sense of security with this vaccine because they couldn't, they could still catch it. Well, maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe you can look at it as, okay, maybe it doesn't catch all the strains of HPV or those that that do cause the cancer, but maybe you have some protection against some of it, like the chickenpox vaccine. You still can get the chickenpox with that vaccine, but... Have to take it. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, you know what about the uh, the idea that 
Have you thought about the message it might send your daughters? Because I'm certain that you're uh, teaching your daughters to be abstinent until marriage. Absolutely. I mean, I'm teaching my 13-year-old, you know, sex is not, you know, don't do this, blah, blah, everything my mom taught me, too. But, I mean, what if she's raped? And what if, what if that guy carries HPV? You know, or even HIV. I mean, if there came a vaccine for HIV, you can darn sure my kid's going to take that vaccine. Well, when you know it's I mean? ti- when it's time to have sex, you get the vaccine. That's my point. Listen, Sarah, thank you so much for calling. I appreciate your input. And, I, you know, there are many out there who see cancer as a scourge, and it is. And cervical cancer is a killer. And I think it's a good that we have this vaccine. It's a worldwide problem, more in other countries than in the United States, but it is a problem here. And uh, people who are sexually promiscuous are going to benefit uh, risk-wise from this. But our 11-year-old and 12-year-old daughters hopefully are not sexually promiscuous. And uh, we uh, appreciate your calls and your participation in this conversation. Now, I want to turn the conversation, though, to another subject, because uh, the United States Senate has been uh, battling over these resolutions. Uh, There was one blocked. It was a Democrat resolution that basically was non-binding, but it said uh, that the senators condemned the troop surge of 21,500 troops into Iraq. It's really the president's plan uh, to turn the situation around there. And then the House uh, will be looking at something probably next week. Uh, They're saying another non-binding measure opposing the president's decision. There are a lot of political calculations here, a lot of people wanting to make statements without really taking risks. And we can talk about that at another time. But right now, I think we need to get to the bottom line. And we're going to do that with our guest. He is Dr. Jim Merck. He is the author of a book entitled Islam Rising, the Never-Ending Jihad Against Christianity. Uh, He's a PhD. He's got many degrees. He was at the University of Chicago. And uh, I won't even go through all the degrees that he has, but he also taught several years at Wheaton College. Uh, Then he pursued a full-time music evangelism and teaching ministry. And uh, he now teaches seminars on what Christians need to know about Islam and terrorism. Uh, Dr. Merck, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Penna. Nice to meet you. Well, very nice to meet you. And your book is fascinating. The foreword is uh, by one of my heroes, excuse me, Dr. Adrian Rogers, he thought this was important because, uh, as you say in your book, Islam is an antichrist system, isn't it? I believe that Islam is the great antichrist system of the last hour of the last days, and that John, excuse my cell phone, I should have turned that off. (laughs) Nice cell phone ring. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, it's the great... uh, Antichrist system of the last hour of the last days, as John says in First uh, John 2.18. And he doesn't say it's the last days, he says the last hour. Now, Islam teaches that Jesus was a great prophet, that he did miracles, he was born of a virgin, he uh, was uh, a man of God, but he was not the son of God. And if you believe that he was the Son of God, and if you believe that he's the Savior that was crucified and raised from the dead, Islam says you're going to hell. So I don't care how great they think Jesus is, (laughs) without believing that Jesus is the Son of God, there is no hope. Because it says in the Word that if thou shalt confess Jesus as Lord, and that means Jesus as Jehovah, which is the name of God, thou shalt be saved. 
Dr. Jim Merck is my guest. His book is Islam Rising. And uh, Dr. Merck, um, I've just heard a lot of people talking lately about the fact that we are actually in a war against Islamofascism, and that we need to admit that, that we need to say that this is another ism that we have to take action against. Uh, how do you respond to well, that? Well, what we are in a this war on terror is a euphemism for a war on really uh, orthodox Islam. And I'm talking about Islam as it was taught in the Quran and taught by Muhammad. And you can't get away from the fact that what radical Islamists and so-called extremists are doing and teaching today is exactly what they did following the death of Muhammad. And at the time, they over a hundred years, they conquered all of the Middle East, all of the Christian lands, took all of North Africa, went up into Europe, took Spain, and were stopped at the Battle of Poitiers by the grandfather of Charlemagne. Charles Martel in 732, and then they went to the to the east, and they went all the way to western China. They had a tremendous bloodbath that Will Durant says was the worst in history in India because they found that they were worshiping 350 million gods, and uh, the main thrust of Muhammad's teaching was that there was only one monolithic god, and the word for god in Arabic is is Elah. And they called him the God, or Al-Elah, and it contracts to Allah. But originally, Allah was the head of the pantheon of all of the Semitic gods. They had at least 360 of them there in the Kaaba. But uh, Muhammad uh, believed and decided that this chief god was the only god, and he was to be equated with the monotheistic god that uh, the Jews and Christians were talking about. And, of course, that is entirely wrong because Allah is not the same as the God of the Bible. There is no uh, way that they can be the same. Uh, Dr. Merck, I have a question about this because when you look at their modus operandi, uh, there are Muslims, and we get emails from some of them, who say that you know there is a peaceful uh, sort of type of Muslim. There's a moderate Muslim. But when you look at the Koran and you see verses about the killing of the infidel and the way that many of the conversions have taken place throughout history through the sword, uh, you know, it doesn't jive. I mean, can you be a moderate Muslim? Can you be a peaceful Muslim uh, and be a principled Muslim? Only if you follow the teachings in the Koran that came out as teachings when Muhammad was in Mecca. Actually, the Quran is a schizophrenic book. It has two parts. Uh, the first part is conciliatory, says there should be no compulsion in religion. It teaches peace. But by the way, peace to the Muslim is peace within the Islamic community. Outside of the Islamic community, they call it the Dar al-Harb, or the house of war. And they are in potential warfare with all of those who are outside of the Islamic community, which is called the Ummah. Now, uh, the second part of the Quran, and actually the Quran, it's all mixed up. There is no chronology. But about 43 chapters uh, were written when he was in Medina, and he became prophet, priest, and king, a virtual dictator. And when somebody opposed him, he nudged one of his followers and said, assassinate him. He had 86 people assassinated and murdered 700 Jews by cutting off their heads taking their wives and distributing them among his followers, taking one for himself and 20% of their property, and sold all the children into slavery. Now, this is barbaric by our standards. 
Then he took a nine-year-old girl to bed when he was 52. Dr. Jerry Vines called that pedophilia. I remember a couple of years ago. I remember that. In the, in the Southern Baptist Convention, and everybody was, was aghast. But the standards here are totally different. Jesus said, love your enemies. Muhammad said, assassinate your enemies. There's a vast difference. And the Quran itself says that the second part, what was taught in Mecca, abrogates or supersedes what was taught in Medina. Now, if people want to follow just the teachings of Medina, then they can call themselves moderate Muslims. But that is not orthodox Islam. Dr. Jim Merck is my guest. Uh, he is going to stay with us. If you've got a question or comment for him, give us a call at 1-800-881-9270. Here's what Dr. Adrian Rogers says about his book, Radical Islam May Be Satan's Final Effort to Take Over the Whole World and Subject It to His Will. Every concerned Christian should read Dr. Merck's Islam Rising, the result of many years of research and teaching, and we're talking to him. And we'll talk to him a little bit more right after this. Give us a call, one 800 881-9270. This is Jerry Johnson live and I'm Penna Dexter. Like any skill, the more information you have and the more great people you can learn from, all the better. The Criswell College in Dallas wants to help you as a church pastor. Tuesday, February 13th, attend a focused day of instruction and preaching sponsored by the Jerry Vines Institute of Biblical Preaching featuring Dr. Herschel York. Attending will hone your skill and bring you to the next level. Learn from Dr. David Allen, Director of the Center of Expository Preaching at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Dr. Allen's credits include being a Criswell graduate and founding director of the Jerry Vines Institute of Biblical Preaching at the Criswell College. Criswell College President Dr. Jerry Johnson will also speak. Registration through February 6th is $35, $45 afterwards, $20 for students. The Griswold College has more information at 800-899-0012. 800-899-0012. Your preaching of the Word is a calling from the Lord. Join us February 13th at the Criswell College in Dallas. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Explaining the inalienable rights of men, Jefferson said, the God who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time. And it was George Washington who said that of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And finally, that shrewdest of all observers of American democracy, Alexis de Tocqueville put it eloquently, after he had gone on a search for the secret of America's greatness and genius. And he said, not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the greatness and the genius of America. It's the 96th birthday of uh, former President Ronald Reagan, and that is his speech uh, in 1983, telling attendees at the National Association of Evangelicals in Orlando why America is great. He spoke of uh, America's spiritual foundation and the people's faith in God. And, uh, you know, as we think about Ronald Reagan, 
There was a piece that I noticed uh, recently on townhall.com written by columnist and author Maggie Gallagher, and she said, uh, the Reagan coalition is dead, long live what? Uh, and she says the Reagan coalition is dying. And, you know, you have to wonder, is that a bad thing? Uh, she says no, because this is the way great governing, governing coalitions really operate, not through their failures, but through their successes. So we need to think of the issues that actually held us together in the 1980s and the 1990s. Things like slashing income taxes, spurring economic growth after the Carter years, monetary reform, welfare reform, crime, of course communism, and the decline of the family, issues we continue to face today. Hardly any of these issues, says Maggie Gallagher, has the same political weight today because Reaganism's ideas transformed the U.S. economy, killed off communism, cut crime, stabilized inflation, and transformed welfare into workfare. Indeed, she says, the irony is that the pro-family conservatives are the only part of the Reagan coalition whose problems are worse after 30 years of political effort. U.S. culture is coarser. We know that families are weaker. Schools now teach not only condoms but gay marriage and also vaccines for sexually transmitted diseases for 11-year-olds. Porn is everywhere. Abortion on demand is still the law, and almost 40% of our children are now born out of wedlock. Those are problems we still face. Another problem is the one that we discuss with our guest today. Uh, he is Jim Merck, and he is the author of Islam Rising, the Never-Ending uh, Jihad Against Christianity. You know, on 9-11, Islam became upon the radar screen of many Americans who hadn't really thought about it much before. And Dr. Merck, uh, when we think about Ronald Reagan, how do you think he would have handled this threat of Islamofascism? Well, I think he may have recognized that uh, the United States was the only power that stood in the way of Islam eventually taking over the world. We did that in the case of communism. We did that in the case of Hitler. I think all of these were satanic movements to try to control the earth. I think that uh, Islam especially is Satan's counterfeit substitute for Christianity. And he's trying to use this to uh, take over the world. They, they say that they will rule the world. And uh, I could give you quote after quote after quote. And they believe that they're they, a leader. They have a leader coming who will rule the world for seven years. He's called their Islamic Messiah or the seventh prophet. He'll conquer southern Europe or the Romans and rule part of the time from Rome. This was a prophecy of Muhammad, and Ahmadinejad, the president of Persia, thinks that he is the precursor of this Islamic Messiah. And I wouldn't be surprised to find that this man is going to be the Antichrist, and he is Satan's substitute Messiah for the Judeo-Christian Christ. I think it's an amazing day in which we live. It is. Now, Dr. Merck, uh, what about the rise of Islam in some of the European countries like France and Great Britain? How does that fit in in your oh, mind? Oh, it's, it's scary because uh, Muslims are have four to eight children per family, and in Europe they're only having 1.4. They expect to take over Europe. Uh, in fact, this uh, is their third or fourth effort, but they're doing it now by immigration. Uh, there are more mosques than churches right now in Britain, and they're building a mosque that will hold 70,000 worshipers right next to the King's Evangelical Church that they tore down to uh, build the Olympic Stadium. Uh, Christians, evangelicals in Europe, uh, are looked upon as crazy people. Well, I think God is going to turn Europe ultimately over to Islam, and they'll find out what uh, 
uh, what this kind of uh, religion will do. They're they're multicultural, and they they want to be uh, uh, they want everybody to fit in. But uh, Islam is not just a religion; it's a political, economic, and social system wrapped in a religion. And if you bring it in and you give it freedom, they're going to take over as a little nation within a nation. The mosque is not like a church. The mosque is a political center as well as an economic and social center, as well as a religious place. So uh, once that land, according to Muhammad, has been taken over, say, for example, if here in Dallas they had a whole ghetto, uh, that would no longer be America. That would no longer be Texas. That would be Allah's country. And, so when uh, they take over an area, it's Allah's country. That's right. And they do not, uh, if they're Orthodox Islamists, they do not want to call themselves Americans. They are, they're Muslims. Now, that's not true of many, many moderates who don't want to live like that, and they don't want to follow this uh, holy jihad emphasis. Well, you know, let me just ask you a question, because we're coming up on the end of the program. I look at these people, and I wonder uh, why they don't, what are they afraid of? Why don't they stand up against radical Islam if they're moderates? Well, for one thing, they know that what the radical Islamists are teaching is true if they're traditionalists. They know that this is what Muhammad and, and the Quran taught plus the fact that they're scared to death to oppose it because they themselves will be killed. Uh, Muhammad said, if anyone apostatizes from Islam, kill him. By the way, let me give people uh, an 800 number where they can get my book if they like, uh, and it t tells them everything they need to know about Islam and tells the truth. The number is 888-254-1424. And we'd be glad to send them a book. There are 15, including the shipping. All right, uh, Dr. Jim Merck, uh, thank you so much for joining us today and for your insight into Islam. The book is Islam Rising, The Never-Ending Jihad Against Christianity. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Let me just mention that on Thursday of this week, oh, we're going to have Open Line Theology Thursday, and it's going to be a lot of fun. The guests are going to be Criswell College professors Joe Woodell. He is a professor of philosophy, and uh, Dr. Everett Berry, who joins us frequently. He's professor of theology here at the Criswell College, and uh, you're going to be able to ask them anything. It's really ask a, a theologian anything, and it's always a very popular day here on Jerry Johnson Live, so I hope that you will join us then. You can call in. Uh, with your questions. And, uh, you know, the listeners make the show on those days along with our great theologians here at the Criswell College. Uh, you know, in the tradition of Ronald Reagan, uh, really the government has some constitutional duties. One of them is not mandating, uh, mandating a vaccine against a sexually transmitted disease for 11-year-old girls entering school. That is not the duty of government. But the duty of government uh, is to protect its citizens against its enemies. And uh, we've got a battle. Uh, most, For the most part, it's over there. And uh, we've got to do everything we can to make sure it doesn't come over here. This is Jerry Johnson Live, and I'm Penna Dexter. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.